Welcome to episode 73 of Imperial Hearts. Imperial Hearts is a Star Wars podcast hosted by Jamie and Dana. And uh, we talk about all things Star Wars. This week we are literally talking about all things Star Wars. Accurate. What's our main topic for this week? Our main topic is the summer 2017 Star Wars starter pack. So very, very long time listeners of the podcast might remember that in summer 2016... We did a Star Wars Starter Pack episode, which was essentially, so you want to go beyond the movies. That's right. We like intended to be the first episode that you listen to of the podcast, basically. Yeah. Or, or like a guide, a guide to the current canon mm-hmm. extended universe Star Wars. Yeah. What What do we recommend as places to go once you've seen the movies and you want to get deeper into Star Wars? Yeah, so that's going to be our main topic later this week. Uh, We're also going to talk about uh, Season 5 of Clone Wars, which we're making our way through. We got through the first five episodes, and we're going to talk about that. Um, But first, we're going to talk about the news. Yeah. And so, in other news, uh, I'm back from vacation. Dana's back from time traveling. We are up... um, up to date. This is news as it's happening, folks. Our time is synced up. Yep. Yeah, our timelines are synced again. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any news for this week? Um, no. I didn't write oh, any of it down okay. because I knew you were doing the research. There was some, like, you know, little stuff, I think. Yeah, I think the biggest news for this week that was, like, movie news or whatever mm-hmm. was the new the new First Order units. Oh, yeah, I saw that the Dreadnought and... Uh... And the ATM-6. Right, the Walker. Yeah, so I actually have those... Do some info about them. I do. So the ATM six is the it's called the All Terrain Mega Caliber Six. <laughs> All Terrain Ma- Mega Caliber Six. Mega Caliber Six. What I, a handle! I forget who I was listening to. It was like a YouTuber or something where they were like, "Sounds like Kylo Ren named it himself." <laughs> this is the All Terrain Mega Caliber Six. It's a Mega Caliber Six. So it's named after the giant gun on the back of it. Okay. Which is the Mega Caliber 6. Right. Cannon. Right. Okay. Sure. And then the other one that was revealed is called the First Order Dreadnought. Mm, so it's a really big Star Destroyer. It's about twice the size of your average Star Destroyer. Wow. So it's the Super Star Destroyer of uh, the First yeah. Order. I think it's not quite as big as a Super Star Destroyer, but okay. yeah. Cool. Apparently it was designed by the art department because... Uh, Ryan John- I always call it, say Ryan. <laughs> Ryan Johnson wanted a scene with like a flat bed and a lot of cannons. Okay. Where they're like going through the. Okay. So that's why it's designed like right, that. Right, so flat. It looks like a piece of pizza with like a <laughs> headboard on the back. Or I, a spoiler. It's a piece of pizza with a spoiler on the back. Yeah, basically. Um, I think it suits the first order design aesthetic, which is yeah. minimalist. Yeah. Um, where it takes a lot of the Empire's things and pairs them down to minimalistic aesthetic yeah less so with this walker what's going on with its leg it's like modeled on a gorilla okay so like you have like chicken walkers cow walkers gorilla walkers sure yeah i see it i see it you know so it's got its the the legs are thicker so they can't be taken down by snow speeders smart (laughs) don't say nobody ever learned anything yeah and like you know thick boys are in these days that's true so uh get yourself a thick boy <laughs> first order dead <laughs> anyway um 
That's just good advice for anybody, really. Yeah, it's not even Star Wars advice. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think all of my other news for this week is Fantasy Flight related. I also, yeah, I did have some Fantasy Flight news. Do you we- want to tackle it first? Sure. So this is of less interest to us personally, mm. but it's interesting in general. Which was, there was a new announcement for Armada, a new expansion for Armada. I was going to talk about that. Yeah, yeah. which was um, Grand Admiral Thrawn and the Chimera. Did you see the picture of it? Yeah. Oh, it looks looks so sexy. And then uh, Admiral Radis and the Profundity from Rogue One. Correct, yeah. So um, Thrawn, it's like Thrawn for the Imperials and Radis for the Rebels. And the Chimera model has the... Like, you can see the painted um, It's like a chimera. Ta- tattoo of a chimera on the top it's of it. It's pretty awesome. And uh, you know what I'm interested with the Thrawn, which they didn't show in the preview for it, is all the characters he comes with. Like, I'm oh, interested to see I, yeah, I didn't realize who that. they are in yeah. all the cards that he comes with. Because Armada has some really interesting characters that are secondary characters sometimes. Yeah, it has a lot of those characters. Um, and he also comes with some Mandalorian fighters. Right. Which is kind of cool. I would be almost like, the thing with Armada is the models are really nice, so even if you don't play, you could get, if you were really into Thrawn, you could buy this expansion pack, change the base on it so that it didn't look like a board game, and you'd have a little Chimera Star Destroyer you on could, your You could, actually. Um, little known fact is that um, last year I was doing a lot of buying and selling of game pieces, mm-hmm. um, and I actually sold one of the uh, one of the big fighters for X-Wing to a guy who had no idea what x-wing was oh he just wanted to paint it oh that's cool yeah it was one of the big one yeah the the devastator i think or whatever it's called those cool yeah so some people yeah just buy them as the models apparently yeah they're pretty good little models so i can see that yep um then the there's a bit of other news for fantasy flight i think this was news that just came out today okay um or last night so i don't know if you've seen this yet uh, so on Force Friday, which is next week. Yeah, next Friday, everybody. <laughs> so if you don't know what Force Friday is, it's like Star Wars Christmas. It's like yeah. merchandise. <laughs> yeah. Star Wars Merchandise Day. It's the day yeah. that they release all the new toys for the Christmas season. Um, is this the second year they've done it or the third year? Yeah, well, I don't know because I wasn't paying attention the year before last. I can't remember what it was called last year, but it was later, too. It was all the when all the Force Awakens stuff came out. Right, so they're doing it this year, and Fantasy Flight is doing something called Find the Force, oh. which is an AR game Oh, that you play on your phone, huh? and you have to go around collecting data chips to assemble life-size AR models of characters. Huh. It only, it's only three days long. Like next weekend. Yeah, I, like from the way it's described, it almost sounds like a Pokemon Go type experience. Oh. Hmm. So, I don't know. It might be fun to, yeah. to document our little... We, we could ch- try it out. I'm Oh, and then this is something also <laughs> relevant to the podcast, because we talked about it last year. Next weekend is Fan Expo. Oh, we might not be able to do it next weekend, then. Well, I'm going to take it to Fan Expo. Oh, Maybe that's a great be, idea. Yeah, data chips there. But um, I'm representing my job this year at Fan Expo, so I am not cosplaying a Star Wars character. I will be cosplaying the main, one of the skins of the main character of our game, who is fully customizable, but there will be a skin that looks like the costume I'm wearing. Right. Um, but I'm going to keep my eyes out for all kinds of other Star Wars merch at the con, 
as you do. Oh, I'm sure there'll be a lot. There might even be some exclusive stuff. Yeah, and uh, maybe there'll be some data chips for uh, Force Friday. Maybe, find the Force. Maybe you'll find the Force. At Fan Expo. And then the other huge news for this week is that Fantasy Flight announced um, their big new Star Wars game, which is Star Wars Legion, which has the internet in a tussle. Oh. Yeah, so basically it's... Uh, it's like Warhammer 40k for Star Wars. Okay. Yeah, which they haven't really had before. Which they haven't had before. So, like, superficially, it looks close to Imperial Assault, mm-hmm. but it is very different than Imperial Assault in terms of gameplay. Okay. Um, it's more designed to be uh, the type of game where you build an army um, and you paint the army. It's like a hobby game. Mm. Uh, the models are slightly bigger Okay. than the Imperial Assault models. They're, like, not much, but they're, like, heroic scale. And um, I don't know much about the rules yet, but a lot of people seem to like the rules. It seems seems like Fantasy Flight is trying to, from my point of view, it seems like they're milking the Star Wars license. Yeah, they sure are. Because like, but every time they make a new game with Star Wars, it's really good. Yeah. So um, that's a thing. Uh, but a lot of people are mad because it's like you released all of these models for Imperial Assault. Right, now you're not reusing them. And now we can't use them for this new game. Yeah, I can I can see that argument for sure. Like, one of the things that I respect is that they do have... Um, the starter set has a lot of newer models that don't exist. Um, especially the Rebel units mm. um, are entirely new characters. A lot of them have, like, an Imperial Assault. Usually it's the same static pose for every character. Yeah. There's very... I don't think there's any, like, alt... There's a few, maybe, alt pose ones. Um, where this one has a lot of different poses for the characters. Apparently they're more detailed and they're more like geared towards hobbyists. Okay. But it kind of, rem- like a lot of people are the most, mostly they're mad because they've been supporting Imperial Assault, which is a Star Wars miniatures game. Yeah. Um, of the same scale, basically, for like three years. Hmm. And now it's like, I painted all these models and you want me to rebuy all these models. And paint them again. And paint them again. Right. Um, I'm probably still going to buy it. Well, you like painting miniatures. I like painting miniatures for... I, I paint more miniatures than I actually play miniatures. Yeah. Um, I'm very close to finishing painting the Imperial Assault set that I've had for, cool. for a year and a half. Yeah. Two years almost now. Um, but I think I think it would be... I'll probably buy this the day it comes out and we can review it. Cool. Because um, it looks kind of interesting. Um, it... It strikes me as the kind of game where they will treat it kind of like uh, like they did with Destiny. Mm-hmm. Where, like, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they bring in, like, clone troopers and Darth Maul and, um, actually, I'm, you know, people from the prequels and, and like, Rey and Finn. Yeah. Like, it strikes me as the where they didn't do that with Imperial Assault is very much, like, it's in the name. Yeah. Has to have the Empire, right? Yeah. Um, but this seems like the kind of game where, you know, you could have a whole army that was scum and villainy. You know, maybe they'll make a Hondo model. That would be cool. Like, it strikes me as the kind of game, like, it seems like they're really pushing it. And they want to support it as, like, their big war game. Their, like, lifestyle. Lifestyle. Lifestyle miniatures Lifestyle game. miniatures game. Yeah. Um, because a lot of their other games are, like, X-Wing is still being supported. But a lot of the new miniatures for X-Wing are kind of... You know, really obscure ships that. Well, until I think until Last Jedi comes out, and then they've got that new wave of uh, 
True. They've got a lot of new ships probably from Kylo's Last Jedi. Tie and like a bunch of, you know, I bet there's going to be a bunch of stuff. Um, we we saw in the trailer the Resistance A-Wings and they haven't done like an updated A-Wing. True, yeah. So they could do like another Resistance wave of, A-wings, yeah. of um, sort of Force Awakens era. So maybe we'll get back into that when they release more ships yeah. that are of relevant characters. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'm kind of excited to see what they've got. Apparently it's not releasing until early next year. Okay. Um, but they'll probably be doing a lot of teasers, and I'm sure they'll have millions of expansions. Um, maybe with some... If, if it has some of the cool characters, like if you can play as like Dr. Afra, or like some of these characters that I really want to see, then... Um, Dr. Afra in Fantasy Flight 2K17. It's going to happen. Yeah. They've done BT and Triple Zero already. Oh, Yeah. Like, it's not that far-fetched. Yeah. Um, they've done comic characters before, so they've done novel characters. Yeah, there's a bunch of, like, there's the Lost Stars and Aftermath characters in X-Wing. Exactly. And Armada. Wait, Aftermath characters? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nor- Nor's in it, right? Yeah, so it's not out of the realm of possibility. Cool. Okay, I think that's all the news for this week. Tangent on Hondo. Wouldn't it be amazing if they had a Hondo pop? I think we've talked about this before. I would buy a Hondo Pop. I'm surprised they don't. Hondo's yeah. like a beloved character. They need to do a new... Um, actually, I think Funko did tease a second line of Rebels because they teased um, a Callus Pop. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. I just remembered that. I saw it on Twitter at some point. I'm officially done with Funko Pop. Mm, reasonable. Um, yeah. We haven't found any more that we were interested in in months yeah, I feel like it's it's just something that I can't keep up with. I like the ones that we have. Yeah, cool. I like yeah, definitely. Cool. Yeah, that was all the news. Uh, yeah. So let's talk. Let's get into our main topic. So the way we're gonna the way we handled this last this is our Star Wars New Canon Starter Pack. So the way we handled it last year was we did it as a top ten. Mm-hmm. This year we tried that. But we found that um, there's actually different requirements for different people Yeah. Um, as to where you would want to start. Uh, so we actually have come up with like five branches mm-hmm. with some mini branches off of those branches. Yeah, of the of branches of the Star Wars tree that is the new canon. The new, new canon experience media tree. Uh, so we're going to kind of go through what we think is the most accessible or the most, what we think is the most important first, Mm -hmm. and then like splinter off into tangents. Mm -hmm. And we'll tell you why we think this. And you may have heard us talk about a lot of this stuff before, but this is kind of a, a summary of where we feel. Yeah. Your attention is most, uh, useful. Maybe this is a reminder. If you've been listening to this show for a while to like, maybe check out some of these things we talked about months ago. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you want to start with the first one? Sure. So number one, we're not in reverse order this time. Just the most important piece of new canon, in our opinion, Star Wars Rebels. I think it's hard to dispute that. Yeah. Don't miss it. And my my personal advice, uh, because I had a hard time getting into it, is to start with season two. Yeah, you could do that. I think you should start with season two. Um, once you grow attached to the characters, uh, cycle back to season one watch it as a flashback because nothing really of note canon wise i think happens in season one with the exception of the finale is kind of a big deal the finale might be kind of a big deal 
maybe just watch the finale of season one and then yeah. watch season two. Yeah. Uh, I feel like season one was very slow mm-hmm. to pick up. Uh, so you can either trust us and and believe us that it gets good, or you can start with season two. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like you could start with season three. No, you got it. Season two has got some good stuff in it. Wouldn't want you to miss Especially that. the second half of season two. Yeah. Um, maybe we could do an episode guide for uh, one day for like good starting points because mm-hmm. i know a lot of shows have this problem like getting into steven universe is hard too yeah there's so many episodes a lot of people suggest you just start with the finale of like episode 52 or whatever the i won't spoil it yeah but yeah um and i feel like you could probably do that with rebels you know maybe there's an episode you could watch that kind of summarizes why it's good because mm-hmm. those first few episodes like the first episodes that aladdin stuff it is the aladdin episode yeah, totally. So anyway, that's, I think, and it's really important because a lot of the new media stuff spins off from Rebels. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a good starting point. Um, a lot of the new canon uh, is established Yeah, there, like the extended stuff. Um, it also takes... Um... Especially if you watched Clone Wars, we should mention. Yeah. If you already watched Clone Wars when that was coming out, this is going to be even more relevant to you. And if you didn't, it takes a lot of the best stuff from Clone Wars and just, and just brings it into the it. current area. Mm-hmm. So, What were you going to say? Uh, that's what I was going to say, that it takes the best stuff from Clone Wars. A lot of the new characters that are from Clone Wars, like Rex, Ahsoka, some of the sort of characters that are fleshed out. Definitely. Do you want to talk about Clone Wars now as like uh, where we stand on Clone Wars? No, I still think it's a good segue to Clone Corner. Okay, so we're, we're going to leave Clone Wars for now. I think we could say for now that we don't think it's essential. Yeah. Um, but we will address it at the end. Um, and then I think the... If you watch Rebels and you enjoy the character of Grand, Grand Admiral Thrawn, a good next step might be to read the Thrawn book. Yeah. Um don't read A New Dawn, which is the Kanan book. Yeah, not worth it. Or the Ahsoka book. Also not worth it. So don't read those, but uh, the Thrawn book is very good, and that might be a good next step after you're finished Rebels. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so then our next main category is... Comics. Which I think maybe establishes even more of the lore in canon than Rebels does almost. Yeah. Um, the new canon comics by Marvel. Um, so where would you start if you were recommending someone? I think we've mentioned this every single episode. Yeah. But it's worth saying again. Both of our recommendations, 2015's Darth Vader by Kieran Gillen, uh, or written by Kieran Gillen, um, most of the art by Salvador La Roca. Yep. Um, I would start with volume one. Yep. Just, I'd read all of it. Read all of volume one. And if you like it, you have a couple options. You can read volume two. Or you could read volume one of Star Wars. Right. Um, which syncs up with, it's almost like a Buffy Angel situation where they both are happening at the same time. Uh, so uh, you could try both or you can just read all of Darth Vader. It has four volumes. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been collected into two hardcovers at this point. If you feel like shelling out some money for some pretty books um, or in trade paperback format. So you could read Darth Vader and Star Wars in sync with each other. Or you could just read one. I think if you're going to just read one, read Darth Vader. Exactly. It's better. But I think it does add something if you read both. Mm -hmm. Because there's a lot of crossovers. There's like the crossover event called... um, Vader Down. Vader Down, which I thought was pretty good. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
And then if you like Afra from the Darth Vader comic, you could read the Afra read comic, Afra comics. who then takes over for Darth Vader as being the main crossover with, with the, the Star, Star Wars, Wars comics. comics. Um, of course, that's like a very small branch. Like if you're into Afra, there is some Afra content you can chase down, but it's also optional. If uh, it's entirely optional, but I would read. I wouldn't read the Afra comic without reading Darth Vader first. No, it's a, it's basically a sequel to Darth Vader. Yeah, it's the it's basically the same kind of writing as Darth Vader without the Vader. Mm-hmm. Very much so. And then, like beyond that, there are other comics. Mm-hmm. Um, were there any that we really found were standouts? I thought Shattered Empire is pretty cool. Was I still haven't um, read that? I yeah, we read it together. What was it about? It's the post Return of the Jedi. Shara Bay goes off with Luke and rescues the tree, and then oh, yeah. sort of like it's about Poe Dameron's parents mostly. Yeah, that I think was that a, one's pretty good. Yeah, it was. Okay. It's a standalone. It's it's not a series. It's a like a mini series sort of. A trade paperback. I also thought the Poe Dameron comics were okay. Not outstanding, but they do establish some interesting canon for the new Force Awakens era. Yeah, we're not caught up, so I hear they're doing some more interesting stuff. Terex is back. Okay. Um, but we haven't caught up on that. I think if you're into the Galactic Civil War era, you know, Darth Vader, Star Wars, Afra is a lot of fun. If you're really into the Force Awakens... Then Poe Dameron is your Afra equivalent. Is like yeah, I would say so. The sort of especially ongoing... if you're into Poe as a character. Yeah, and BB-8 and like Snap and his like whole squadron, his whole crew. And Leia is in the Poe comics sometimes too. I would also mention like the Leia comic is not great. Yeah, but establishes Yvonne. That's true. Who shows up later in other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. It's not great, but if you can get it on sale on Comixology, maybe check it out. Yeah. I think that's... Oh, the Kanan comics are actually pretty good, too. Yeah, if you're into Rebels. If you're into Rebels, the Kanan comics are pretty decent. Um, There's only a few of them. There's two volumes. I would get them on sale if you could, Mm -hmm. but otherwise I wouldn't get them. Mm -hmm. I think your main ones are Vader, Aphra, and Star Wars. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. All right, next next category is probably the broadest category. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard that um, there's statistics wise of the new canon material, fifty uh, percent of it is books. If you count um, the running time as the time it takes to read the audio, listen to the audiobooks. Oh, okay. So, like, in terms of time spent reading, fifty hmm. percent of the content in the new canon. Is books. I believe that. Or more. Maybe it was like 90%. It's like a lot. I believe that. Yeah. It's, so there's a lot of books to read. Um, and I think we were saying like it really depends on what you're already interested in. Yeah. There's no real reading order. Mm-hmm. Um, except for with the exception of the one trilogy, which you'd want to read in order. Yeah. Um, which one do you want to talk about first? So we have on our generalist list, yeah. we have four books. Yeah, we also have a Rogue One list, which we'll talk about after. Yeah. So, they are Claudia Gray's Lost Stars. That's right. That is, uh, in my opinion, if I was going to pick one book, that would be the book I would pick. Um, If I was going to pick one book, I would also pick that book. I feel like it introduces the concept of an imperial viewpoint for the first time, unless you're reading Thrawn, which also has that. 
Um, it's the first major Imperial viewpoint that you get, and you get a lot of sympathetic Imperial characters. It takes uh, place over the entire original trilogy, yeah. so the timeline is nice so and extended. Even, even if you're one of those people who refuse to watch the prequels, mm-hmm. you can still enjoy this book. Yeah. So that's, you know, the top. That's our top book. We're always recommending it. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, I think it's easily the best book in the current new canon. Um, um, and then Claudia Gray's Bloodline. Yeah. Which is um, six years before The Force Awakens, General and Senator, or Senator Leia, she's not a general yet, I guess, um, sort of investigating some... Political intrigue. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Uh, in the New Republic Senate. Yeah, so it's that one's kind of cool because it kind of bridges the gap between Return of the Jedi and um, the, the other one, Force Awakens. Yep. Yeah. Um, which there's not a lot of content in that area right now. Yeah, and it so. does a lot of interesting things with Leia's character. Yeah, there's a, it explores Leia's character. Leia's character is really good. There's some new characters that are introduced that are really good, mm-hmm. and a lot of it focuses on her dealing with um, being Darth Vader's daughter. Yeah, which we don't really see um, except for in the Throne trilogy and Legends. Yeah, and it's not only her feelings about it, but the galaxy as a whole finds out about it as well. Totally. Um, while we're on the note of books that take place between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens, we could talk about the Aftermath trilogy. Mm-hmm. And this is technically three books, but we're counting it as one because you really have to read all three of them. I feel like you do because the third one is probably the best one. Yeah. And you, it doesn't stand alone. Like, you can't, no. you can't start with number three. You it's have just to like read all of them. One, it's a trilogy of books. Yeah. Um, and I think in terms of the, like, it's flawed. Yep. The writing style has, you know, some people like it, some people don't like it. A lot mm-hmm. of people were critical of it initially because it didn't have enough to do with the main characters yeah. or the main plot. But now that there's so many other books, I feel like it, you know, it's just a spin-off story about Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of really good characters and it establishes some interesting new canon. Mm-hmm. Um it's got some of the only First Order content. I mean, it's really, really early First Order content, True. but it sets yeah. up the seeds of uh, where eventually the galaxy is going to go. It's got some of our favorite new characters. Yeah, easily some of our favorite new characters. Um, it develops Ray Sloan into a more complex character than she was in a lot of the other books. Yeah, it's not the first place Ray Sloan was introduced, but... but we get a lot of stuff from her perspective, more, yeah. more than anywhere else, I yeah. think. Yeah, be cool. Yeah, so those are our four main books, in addition to Thrawn, which I think is just as good as any of those. Oh, whoops, we forgot one. Mm-hmm. Inferno Squad, Inferno Battle, Squad, Battlefront 2, one. Inferno Squad. No relation to the first Battlefront book. Unrelated. Which you should not read. Nope. Um, do you want to take this one? Sure. So, um, of course, nobody's played tw- uh, Battlefront 2 yet. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how it syncs up. Yeah, it will be. Um, again, kind of like Lost Stars and Thrawn. There's a lot of Imperial perspective books these days. There's tons now. Now that yeah. America's a fascist regime. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit in one of the episodes about Inferno Squad. Whoops. Uh, yeah, how did that happen, everybody? Whoops. Um, so Inferno Squad, another Imperial perspective book, which um, will also tie in apparently with some force awakens content according to the game 
eventually sets up the backstory for the main characters of Battlefront. Apparently. It's just a really interesting look into a part of the Empire. Um, and the characters are really compelling. It's a really quick read. It's only 300 pages long, and it clips along pretty well. So Yeah, it's a pleasure to read. Uh, Christy Golden's writing style is really good. Mm-hmm. So those are our four main ones. In addition to Thrawn, I think if I was to rank them in terms of my personal favorites... Mm-hmm. I would rank them Lost Stars, Bloodline, Thrawn, Aftermath, and Inferno Squad. Exactly the same. Me too. Yeah. So th- that would be our top five books. Yeah. But again, it's sort of like, what? A- which one of those pitches do you think is the most interesting? Yep. Maybe you don't want to read about Imperial Viewpoints. Yeah. Maybe you don't care. Read Aftermath. Or Bloodline. Or Bloodline. Um, yeah. Okay. So now this is our little branch off of, of these books. Um, it's called So You Like Rogue One. So so you're one of those weirdos who's into that, you know, that that weird movie that some people liked. Mm-hmm. Which I'm... You may have heard of it. You may have heard of it. It was kind of a big movie. So we've actually developed a little program to mm-hmm. help you rehabilitate. <laughs> um, and it starts with... It starts with the Onderon uh, arc of Clone Wars. That's right. And that is Season 5, Episodes 2, 3, 4, and 5. Which we will be talking about later on the podcast. Yeah. Um, But basically, the reason to watch that, I think, is because we found it really helps develop some of the backstory for Saw's character, Mm -hmm. um, which is actually relevant to a lot of the other books and stuff. Um, Of all of the things we are about to talk to you about and recommend, the thread that they really have in common is Saw Gerrera. Yeah, Saw Gerrera um, has a big presence in the books. Mm-hmm. And uh, starting with this cycle of episodes in Clone Wars is a really great place to start where his character begins. If you've been keeping up the whole time, you will have already known that. Spoiler for our Clone Corner review, these were some of my favorite episodes I have ever watched of Clone Wars. Same! And I feel like they stand alone, and yes. you, you need to know nothing else other than who Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan are. Yeah. If you've watched Rebels, it's even more helpful, because you've seen Ahsoka, um, it's, Rex, you know, you, you understand the context for the Clone Wars, but it stands alone. Basically, like, um, the main characters of Clone Wars, like, we shouldn't talk about it too much, but the, yeah. main, the main characters of Clone Wars take a side, like, it's almost about, it's about these other characters. Yeah. Like the the other they're the main characters of Clone Wars are take a support role. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, and then the next one we would recommend you read is Catalyst. Yeah, and- uh, which we would actually recommend you read if you haven't watched Rogue One yet. Yeah, yeah, read, read that first. Read that before you re- watch the movie. It'll make a lot more sense. Yeah, it's a more direct prequel to Rogue One. Yep. Um, it's very well written. It's mm-hmm. it's just very good. Overall. It it can be a little dry at times, and if you want, and but if you're interested in the interplay, less about the rebellion and more about sort of the backstory of the Death Star. The main characters are Galen Erso, uh, Lyra Erso, and Director Krennic. Basically, if you ship Galen and Krennic, you're, yeah, you want this is your book. This is your book. It's practically canon. It's practically canon. They're special friends. Yeah. The next one we would recommend is Rebel Rising, which was actually one of my favorite books this year. Mm-hmm. I, the only reason I don't have it on this the main list is because without Rogue One... Yeah. It, it is a niche interest book. It's a very niche interest book. Um, 
and I feel like it did make me like Rogue One and Jin more. Mm-hmm. Same. Uh, I don't know how well it would stand alone as its own book. Yeah. Um, but it was a quick read, and it's like a tiny, cute book. Yeah, it's um, it really develops Jin Erso's character like it a lot. Goes further developing Saw Gerrera's character. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Saw is also in Catalyst, although he plays a relatively minor role. Um, and yeah, Rebel Rising. There's a lot of heart there. Um, it's a very emotional book. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like very touching and stuff. It's very you know, it's an experience. You might cry a bit. Yeah. So if if you watched Rogue One, you want more. Maybe you felt Jin's character was lacking a little bit. If you want to feel more sad about Jin, yeah, than you previously did. If you you know maybe you thought that it wasn't that bad. Right. Um, but also, I felt like this kind of helped. There was there was a certain amount of relief that I felt about oh, yeah. the end of Rogue One, where I was like, finally, Jin Erso gets to rest. Finally, she can die. Um, yeah. yeah, this book really made me feel that way. Like, yeah. her dying in Rogue One didn't seem so bad because there wasn't really anywhere for her to go. From. Yeah, her life was awful. Her life was awful. So, um, And then everyone she'd ever loved was also dead. So now they can all be together in the Force. And so bonus round if you if you really like rogue one and you love it so much but you haven't done anything else other than seen the movie yet there's one more place you can go yeah it's called the novelization yeah and it is pretty good it's actually pretty good yeah um if you like rogue one and maybe if you watched it last year yep when it came out and it's been a while uh, the novelization gives a bunch of uh cool character details like mm-hmm. you get inside the head of a lot of the characters like Bodhi mm-hmm. um that you don't really get to have that much of in the movie yeah syncs up like these three books Catalyst Rebel Rising and the novelization sync up really well together mm-hmm. um in terms of the characterization like I feel like they reference each other mm-hmm. pretty pretty well so they almost feel like their own little trilogy yeah and that's it those are our book recommendations all the other books are trash don't read them <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Like, can you think of any other ones? Well, we haven't... I mean, we had some good little side ones that are, like, less critical. Like, the Guardians of the Wills book was fun, but not critical. It was, um, Yeah, it was it was fun, but not critical. I haven't read Dark Disciple yet. Yeah. So, that one... Um, you know, if you're a big Clone Wars fan, of course, maybe you should go for that. Um, but we haven't reviewed it on the podcast yet, so we can't really speak to that. I like Dark Disciple. Um, I feel like it's not... um, It's technically canon, but it's not really relevant Mm -hmm. to any of the new canon. Um, If you like Asajj Ventress as a character and you're interested in her, I would check out that book. Mm -hmm. It's well-written. It's another Christy Golden book. Um, It feels like reading episodes of Clone Wars, but like really good ones. Right. With more adult content. That makes sense. We have a bonus round. Extra bonus round. Of the book branch. Where I think what I had said was like, you know, this isn't, this shouldn't be in a starter pack. This is more like second ring of hell. Right. If you're, if you're like deeper in Star Wars hell already and you want a more obscure cut, mm-hmm. what would you recommend? It's Matthew Stover's Revenge of the Sith. I like how we always call it Matthew Stover's <laughs> Revenge. That's the title of the book. It's an important part of it. Definitely. It makes me think of like Bram Stoker's Dracula. Totally. Yeah. Um... So it's probably 
the best written Star Wars book I've ever read. Yeah, it's up there. In terms of the prose. Yeah. Um, and just his ability to take a train wreck of a movie and yeah. create a compelling story where you actually care about Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. Um, this was written pre-Clone Wars. It's not technically canon anymore. Yeah, so if you if you but watched Clone Wars... It's practically canon, though. Yeah. If you watched Clone Wars, you would notice it has a slightly different tone. Like, the focus in the novelization, which I think is more the focus of the movie as well, is that Anakin and Obi-Wan are an unstoppable team together. And that's where that book jumps off from. Absolutely. And that is not the case in Clone Wars. No, it's... Clone Wars, I think... The reason that this feels distant from Clone Wars is just because, uh, one, Ahsoka's not there. Yeah. Um, and two, the clones feel different. Yeah. There's not, it's, they're just not humanized in the way that they are in the, the Clone no. Wars. They're much more so what we see in the movies. Yeah. Um, but other than that, it's, it's just, it's a, it's just a good example of writing. Yeah. It's a really good book. And like, I, I don't remember if we talked about this on the episode where we reviewed this book, but... One time I was talking about this book over text to you, and you compared me to Patrick Bateman from American Psycho, <laughs> because I would... When he's talking about the, season, the music? Yeah, when he's talking about um, yeah. his uh, little, like, the albums that he's obsessed with. Yeah, uh, and you're, you're like that with this book. With this book, yeah, I'll just, like, go off onto these tangents about... But when I finally read it, I, I did really enjoy it a mm-hmm. lot like i i couldn't put it down mm-hmm. which is rare for me with with these star wars books the only actually the only cases where i've had that i've only started to read the physical copies recently that's true like last year on the podcast i was mostly listening to audiobooks mm-hmm. um so i guess i can't really compare but the only time i've really been addicted to a book Thrawn was one of them. Yeah, I found it hard. Like when we got to our quarter, I didn't want I'd to stop. Like, oh, I have to stop. Thrawn was it was very page turning. Like you wanted to read more. Yeah. Um, but I think like at the end of it, it was like af- after it was done, I was like, oh, it feels yeah. like it was kind of junk food. But it was like it, at the time, it's like you want more of it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, moving on. Category number four out of five. So we have two more categories left, um, yep. and these are more like, um, the categories are video games and board games. And I think I want to preface this with like, most of these things you would have to already play, like enjoy board games yeah. or enjoy video games. Yeah. Um, and most of them are non-canonical. Mm-hmm. This is just like fun Star Wars activities you can partake in mm-hmm. if you... Uh, have a lot of time and money mm-hmm. so where would you start with video games so the first video game that we both got is force arena and it's free yeah and it's it incorporates a lot of the new canon material from the comics mm-hmm. the rebels tv show mm-hmm. um not the books no no but it, it it's um it's surprisingly canonical yep I mean, it's a PvP arena game, yeah. Uh, so it's not actually canonical, but uh, it's it's has a lot of level of detail that's impressive for a mobile game. Mm-hmm. It has Afra, which gets it a lot of points. Which is like Afra's not in any other games. Yeah, this is the only game with Afra that I know of. Um, they might have it in that other Star Wars game now. I don't know, but 
but yeah, so the, and this game is pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you still playing it? I I'm not, but they just added Clone Wars, so oh, I, I might I have might. to go back. And I suspect that Clone Wars heroes are also coming now that they've started adding Clone Wars units. That'd be cool. Um, so which side are the clones on? Is it Empire? I don't know. Or do you play as a th- no? Y- yeah. Hmm. Is it a new faction you There's can play? There's battle droids. Yeah, I don't know because I haven't logged in. Hmm. You should check it out. Yeah, I'd be curious. But Force Arena, it's pretty fun. The matches are quick. You can play for free. You can play for free. So that that one's kind of an easy recommend. Yeah. Um, you don't have to have much experience with games, and it's free on mm-hmm. your if you have a smartphone. Mm-hmm. The next big one is Battlefront. This comes with some caveats, I think. Uh, if you're into PvP shooters, yeah, basically either ground troops or dogfighting, mm-hmm. then this is your game. Yeah. Uh, last time we did the starter pack, neither of us had played Battlefront yet. Oh, right. So we had we talked about it and then said, look, we haven't played this. We can't speak to this at all. Well, we've both played it now. Um, You've played quite a bit of it. Yeah, I own a copy of it. I don't play it regularly because I don't love PvP yeah, shooters. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's a really solid game. The, again, the attention to detail. Yeah, is, is, it's just incredible. Yeah. Um, I ended up buying the DLC because I really wanted to play the Death Star missions. Mm-hmm. And the attention to detail in the Death Star mission where you're playing inside the battle station running around is like, you know, there's rooms full of droids on Whoa. shelves and like rooms full of Stormtrooper helmets. That's cool. And everything is really slick and cool looking. And um, the immersion is really solid. And uh, the cast is really diverse. And um, the dogfighting is incredibly intense, and f- the controls are really solid. Feels really good. Feels like you're playing X-wing, but in the board game. <laughs> playing, but... yeah, the board game, but in a video game. There you go. And of course, we're hotly anticipating Battlefront Two. I'm more excited about Battlefront yeah. Two. It has a campaign mode. It has all the cool characters you want. Yeah, I'm really excited about Battlefront Two. I feel like, this is funny, I just had this moment where I was like, you get to play Iden Versio, and then I was like, oh wait, that's because of Battlefront. Like, I almost had that <laughs> moment where I was like, you get to play these cool characters from Inferno Squad, and then I realized that... It's the other way around. Yeah, it's the other way around. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I think if you like that kind of thing, even if you were a little on the fence, like I am, it's still worth it. Like, the, it's still a solid game. Like, if you have a PS4... It's only $20. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like a cheap PS4 game if you own a PS4. If you don't own a or PS... Or an Xbox. Or an Xbox. Oh, okay. It's on Xbox. So, yeah, yeah. It's, like, not that expensive. Yeah. Um, worth it for the money. Yeah. Uh, I should note, because I did not think about this when I bought it, I should note for Battlefront 1, because there is no campaign mode, there is... Um, play against the computer oh yeah this but, is a major deal yes breaker. if you want to play against other people of course if you have a ps4 or an xbox you probably already know this you have to have the online um subscription as well oh i was gonna say it doesn't have a ranked mode it yes also no rank major mode. deal breaker yeah. so like most like i play some online shooters mm-hmm. you know like overwatch or splatoon yeah which both have ranked modes mm-hmm. which make it so that you are going against people who are as good as you. Yeah. X-Wing does not, or whatever you... Battlefront. Battlefront does not have that. Yeah. So you're going against, it's like, it's just completely random people. Yeah. It's such a weird missed opportunity, right? It is weird. And like, so I'm not great at it. So 
I am playing in the Starfighter Squadron against people who have been playing since the game came out and they're super good and they just get 100 kills and I get two. Um, so, and yeah, like, it, it does yeah. have its flaws. Um, yeah. Hopefully they'll hope, fix that. Yeah, hopefully the, the new one will be really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, last one, just like kind of honorary mention. Yeah. I mean, you probably know this by now, but Lego Star Wars is pretty fun. Yeah. Um, it's a good co-op, coach co-op game. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different ones. You can get the Saga Edition probably for pretty cheap, which has all six of the original movies. Yeah, we talked about this on last year's episode, Great to Play with Kids. Yeah, kids a, kids can play it. It's uh, it's like really accessible, really easy to get your hands on. Mm-hmm. There's versions for probably like every console, even legacy consoles. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the new one, Force Awakens, which we we played a bit of and we mm-hmm. thought was pretty fun. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so the, that's kind of we don't play a lot of Star Wars video games. There aren't a lot of new canon Star Wars video games. Yeah, it's all old canon ones now. There's plenty of great old canon ones, which mm-hmm. a lot of which we haven't played, mm-hmm. um, so we're not really going to get into those. Yeah. But yeah, we have played a lot of the board games. We sure have. That's our category number five, board games. Board ga- Star Wars board games, for me, was what got me back in Star Wars. It's true. It's true. Like, largely. And the... I mean, the main game that got me in was Imperial Assault, but I think the most accessible game, the game that you can get your hands on pretty pretty easily, I think, it's like $50, but you can probably get a used copy if you look around, Yeah, is X-Wing, mm-hmm. which is a really popular miniatures game where you have pre-painted X-Wings and TIE Fighters, and you slide them around the board and you play with each other, and it's... There's yeah. cool characters, and you can buy Slave One, you can buy the Millennium Falcon, and yeah. you can buy Tan of Four if you want. It's a hundred dollars. It's <laughs> it's a dogfight. It's a whole thing. It's 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 a lot of fun. It creates amazing stories. We've talked about before. Um, it it is, I guess, a bit of a an investment, and you need a friend who wants to play with you. Yeah, it can't be played by yourself. It's a two player game. Um, it's really good. I feel like. It doesn't scale super well. Um, there's a competitive scene, which is, like, really hard to get into um, because you basically, like... It's more fun if you play for fun. Yeah, you can min-max X-Wing if you want, but... You can. That I, you can, I've never been into that, so I don't do that. It's but very expensive, too, that to, do, to do that with X-Wing because it's all about the upgrade cards. Right, so you have to buy the specific ship that has the one upgrade card that you want for your different or, ship. Or buy the upgrade cards for, like, $30 off eBay. Right. Um, yeah, so, but but as a, even as the course, the core set mm-hmm. with just one X-Wing and two TIE Fighters, even that is really fun. Mm-hmm. I feel like the sweet spot is maybe, like, three or four ships aside. Yep. A lot of people are getting out of X-Wing right now, so they're selling their collections on eBay for a decent price. Cool. That's how I got most of my ships. Yeah. You can play Suntir Fell. That's where we know Suntir Fell from. It is. Apparently he's in some comics, but I know him from X-Wing. Exactly. We um, know him as the dashing, charming rogue who will seduce you out of a cockpit That's where that in X-Wing. That's where right. that came from. So I think that's our top recommendation for most accessible board game. You've, you've taught it to your parents. Yeah, and... that isn't, I guess, Destiny would probably be, maybe would be more accessible if you could get your hands on it. But what I've heard about Destiny and what we've kind of found about Destiny is that 
less than X-Wing, I feel like the starter set is not as fun. Mm-hmm. Right? So mm-hmm. you, re- like you really need to get some more booster packs and build right. and do some deck building. It's, it's, more, it's less accessible. Yeah, and a deck building game is a specific thing. Yeah, if you're into Magic the Gathering. Yeah. I mean, we could talk about Destiny right now. Sure. Because I think that's my second one, basically. Where if you're into card deck building games mm-hmm. play definitely you're gonna love star wars destiny it's right. an amazing game i had fun when we played it yeah we decided we probably weren't gonna play it again though no because it's a lifestyle game yeah um so if you're looking for a lifestyle game to play with your friends when i say lifestyle game i mean the only game you play because you're gonna need to spend money on booster packs and build your deck and practice and probably go to the card shop to find opponents right again i, I would if there was a hearthstone version yes of, like if there was an online version of that where it would match me with random people i would play the heck out of it mm-hmm. um, but there's not but it's it's a it's a good game i've heard it's like i mean it's like their most popular game right now i think cool um, it's one of their best it's like the third best selling card game overall wow i think um i think it just overtook Yu-Gi-Oh. Which, wow which is still popular yeah apparently so pokemon magic or magic gathering pokemon Star Wars Destiny. Wow. Yeah, it's one of the big three now, I think. Um, Is it still sold out everywhere? I haven't checked. Cool. Um, They're like on their third expansion now. And they were impossible to get for a while. Yeah. Dana had to get a copy on eBay. Yeah. So next one, I guess we should talk about Imperial Assault. Yeah. Which was what got, got me really hooked. Yeah. Um, Imperial Assault, we may, it's probably been a while since we talked about Imperial Assault. Yeah. It's like a miniatures-based dungeon-crawling board game. Yeah, with a campaign. With a campaign, which can be played player versus player if you want, but that's not really its strength. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like a Dungeons & Dragons light game of um, of Star Wars with a lot of little maps and, and figures, and it's a lot of fun. And Dice and cards. Yeah, you get to play it like one team plays as the Rebels, and they all each have their own character. And the other team plays as the Imperials, mm-hmm. and the, the Imperial players like the Dungeon Master, and you run the story for everybody else. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of fun. It's $100, though. Yeah. And you need at least two friends yeah. to play it. So that's the big downside of Imperial Assault. The, the figures are also unpainted. Mm-hmm. You don't need to paint them, but... But it's cool when they are painted, so... It's cool when they are painted, so like X-Wing, you get pre-painted figures. Imperial Assault, you don't. I feel like it's a still a really good game. If we had a regular game group, I would probably still try and play it. Yeah. And it's really easily easy to mod. Yeah. This this is an interesting aspect of Imperial Assault that we've talked about in the past when we've talked about Imperial Assault. We also bought a beginner box of Age of Rebellion, which is one of the actual fl- Fantasy Flight role-playing game systems. Yeah. Uh, we found it clunky and heavy-handed for what our role-playing style is so we mod imperial assault into a role-playing game yeah with it's a very it's component. very easy to mod into a role-playing game mm-hmm. i guess um maybe for a, a dedicated role-playing game group there is probably a little less choice in the character department because you can't roll your own character. You could if if you want a really good Star Wars role playing game, you're into tabletop role playing. I would recommend the uh, fan, the fan game called Star Wars World. 
hmm. which is based on the uh, Powered by the Apocalypse system. Um, you can look that up online and you'll find there's a huge community around it. I would love to run it someday. Yeah, that's cool. Which is a Star Wars role-playing game that's actually really good. Cool. From what I've heard. But Imperial Assault makes a really good like role-playing game light with a fun combat miniatures. You can add as much storytelling as you want to it. Yeah, it's um, a lot of fun. Yeah, it plays best when you're not trying to win mm-hmm. as the Imperial player and you're more like telling a story. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that will involve the Imperials winning, but not all the time. Exactly. Uh, the other big one was Rebellion, which we replayed recently and really enjoyed. Yeah. Again, it's $100. Yeah. But, you know, if you have extra money and you like Star Wars... And you have a friend who also really likes Star Wars... Yeah, you need... It's a two-player game. It takes about four to five hours, maybe less than that if you know the rules really well. Mm-hmm. And it's a large-scale galaxy-conquering game, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, and then there's also the other board game is Legion, which is coming up. Yeah, the miniatures game. we'll see how that goes. We'll see how that goes. I'd love to report in on that mm-hmm. as it comes out. You know what we should play? I guess we would probably have to get some more people for this to review for the podcast. Other than Star Wars Risk, which we talked about. Star Wars <laughs> Monopoly. You want to like, play Star Wars Monopoly? No, I just think it would be funny to like have a Star Wars Monopoly episode if we ever I want. I, I want to do... Um, if we were to do a spin-off series yeah. of Imperial Hearts, I would want to do a YouTube series where we review old Star Wars board games. Oh yeah, like Loop and Chewy, right? And, right, like, Loop and Chewy, and the like C three PO operation, right? Yeah, but I feel like if we were to do that, I would want to do a video. Yeah, that makes sense. video reviews. Yeah, because it's physical, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's there's so many like you know it would be I would love to review the Queen's Gambit. Yeah, that. Which is like still hard to find, right? Really hard to find. So, like, there's there's plenty of old Star Wars board games out there that would be a blast to play and review. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, the last thing on our list, I think that that was pretty much everything. All the highlights of yep. the, of the new canon and current Star Wars experience. The final thing is Clone Wars, which we can talk about the pros and cons of Clone Wars. Yeah, it's the elephant in the room. Clone Wars. There's a lot of it. It's on Netflix. I got a notice this morning saying it was only on Netflix till September seventh. They keep saying they that. They said that before. They keep so saying that. I we'll don't believe see. I don't believe them. Yeah. So I feel like I don't know, is it worth it? No. I think it <laughs> I I think I disagree. Fair. I think for me, I'm I mean, I'm not someone who works nine to five. Mm. I have more time. <laughs> I enjoy the era a lot. Mm. I enjoy the Clone Wars era. Despite how bad some of it is, I feel like, I kind of feel like it's paying off. Like, imagine watching these last few episodes without the background. Yeah, I mean, they're pretty good, but I can also imagine not watching them. I like them. they're, They're pretty good, but I just... It's been five seasons, and I feel like I'm still thinking, when is this show really going to get good? And then I'm like, oh, wait, it's almost over. I felt like the, the last, I felt like Andron, the Andron stuff was easily as good as Rebels. Yeah. But I don't know if, I, I can't evaluate currently. It wasn't worth the four seasons yeah, of it, Misery? It, yeah, that it hasn't so far, that hasn't felt worth it. Um, those four seasons were hard to get through. And I don't know if I would ask somebody to go through that. 
yeah, to get to it. I would definitely say this is not in our starter pack. Yeah. This is your, this is kind of like proceed at your own risk. Mm-hmm. Um, it is dated. There's a mm-hmm. lot of problems with it. Mm-hmm. But there's some really great episodes too. Yeah. And the Onderon stuff, which we're uh, about to talk about on Clone Corner, um, is really solid. And it is, it probably wouldn't have the same impact. But I also feel like people would say that about like Ahsoka and Rex in Rebels. They were like, well, you watched Rebels without seeing Clone Wars. None of that has any impact. And you're like, well, it, it, it still did. did. It still did. So yeah. um, it's hard to say. Maybe it would still be enjoyable. Um, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. But without, yeah, it wouldn't be quite the same. So with that said, do you want to go straight into... Come and watch a show with us. It's Clone Corner. All right. Welcome to Clone Corner. Yeah. The corner of the podcast that... Is sometimes worth it mm-hmm. after all this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we watched episodes one to five of uh, season five. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about the first episode, which is stands alone more? Sure. It, it's a continuation of the season finale of season four. I really liked it. Which is about um, Darth Maul and Savage Opress. Yeah. Uh, being bad bad boys together yeah um darth maul's darth maul's so weird he's, he's a weird character he's really weird like the first five minutes of the episode he's like he's talking to savage and he's like only one of us can be in charge yeah. i i'm your master and it's like his yeah. brother he's like oh okay i guess savage so. is like yo dude like chill out i just want to be your brother and yeah hang out with I you i just want to destroy the galaxy together i mean i thought thought we could just do that as bros but my note here says savage wants to be friends but maul's being weird about it yeah well and we've already established uh when savage was first introduced that savage is your hunger games friend Mm. he wants Mm -hmm. to be he wants to be friends with you but he acknowledges that it's in the hunger Games, so you know eventually you might have to betray each other that's okay that's part of it he's your hunger games friend definitely uh but darth maul is is he ain't here to make friends. No, he's, he's that... here to win the Thong Games. Exactly. He's not here to make friends. Absolutely. So he told Savage that now he's his master and you're the apprentice. And Savage is not really into it. I but... feel like that was a weird... Like, I don't know if that's going to pay off because that doesn't really play into any of the other parts of the episode. No. So basically the plot of the episode is that Savage and Maul hire some pirates. Yeah. Who turn out to work for Hondo. Yeah. And they end up coming up against Hondo and his gang of pirates and Obi-Wan is chasing them and mm-hmm. ends up teaming up with Hondo. Classic. So I believe this is the origin of Obi-Wan and Hondo shipping, mm. which is a huge thing. Mm. Have we not talked about this? Uh, I don't think in, in any depth. Okay, so... It's a huge thing. Okay. Everybody ship... Like, it's it's a major ship. Obi- right. Obi-Wan okay. and, and Hondo. And, like, I really see it now. Yeah. You know? And I'll, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more Hondo in the rest of these episodes. Hondo, so Hondo's been in Clone Wars a bunch, but I feel like this was the first episode where he really he, felt like Hondo. He gets very Hondo. Yeah. Yeah, he, like, you can see the bridge to Rebels, yeah. you know, where he's starting to team up with you. Yeah, and he's starting to, like, he laughs when his friends betray him, and he's yeah. like, oh, yeah, I would do that, too. Yeah, he says he's, what, when his, his, um... His weak way pirates betray him. Yeah. He's like, I'm so proud of them. But also so betrayed. <laughs> He's really funny in these yeah. episodes. Like, yeah. yeah, definitely. So um, 
by the end of the episode, Savage loses an arm, mm-hmm. and Maul loses something too. Does he get a leg cut off? A mechanical leg cut right. off? Did you see when Savage got his arm cut off? Like all the like the, uh, the magic, Night Sister magic. Yeah, I thought that was really cool, and it happened with Maul's leg too. Mm. So like both of them are kind of being being kept to like they're being kept alive by this Night Sister magic. Is mm-hmm. kind of the implication there? Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, I thought that was really cool. I'm, I mean, I'm concerned for Savage because uh, we don't exactly see him again think, after Clone Wars. I, I think he dies. Yeah, so I don't think he's going to make it. I mean, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I've heard his death scene is one of the most dramatic things in Clone Wars. Whoa. Possibly. And I know... Addy Gallia dies in this episode. Yeah. We lost another Jedi Isn't friend. that Kanan's master's master? She's tied to someone. Oh, I don't know who Kanan's anyway, master's master she's was. on the council. Right. She dies. Yeah. It was a pretty dramatic episode. Obi-Wan got his hair out of place. He got some, like... Oh, I didn't notice that. Some hot callus-style hair flops. Hot Obi-Wan hair. Yeah. Yeah, him teaming up with Honda was amazing. Mm-hmm. And then, so, after that, we get some seemingly unrelated episodes, which tie back mm. into each... I was really impressed when that happened. Yeah, same. Okay, so, the next episodes are about Onderon. Um So, we meet Saw Gerrera and Stila Guerrera, and Lux Bonteri's back. Yeah. Your favorite politician friend from Space Canada. Yep. Lux Bonteri. And uh, they're on Onderon and they're being oppressed by the Separatists, mm-hmm. and the whole arc is basically just about them the Jedi teaching them how to resist um, yeah, the, separatists. the separatists. A group of rebels. And like, I don't know if I really want to go into detail about exactly what happens. Because sure. um, there's a lot yeah, that happens. Four episodes. But I just want to say like, it was like, I cared so much about those characters. Yeah. I don't know how they did it, but like, especially like the scene where they're the execution scene. Mm-hmm. It was so tense. Mm-hmm. Like, like I was like on the edge of my seat. It was like, what's going to happen? Like, especially because I knew that Steela died. Yeah. You're just waiting for when it's going to happen. Yeah. I thought these episodes were just really well done. And then at the end, we have Hondo. Like, Obi-Wan's like, like when Anna, so Obi-Wan and Anakin are like, we can't help them. Like, we need to, like. Yeah, the Jedi Council forbids them to intervene. Yeah. And then, and then, um, you know, and, and Obi-Wan's like, we can't do anything. And Anakin's like, but like, what if, you know, we got someone else to do it? Yeah. Someone like Hondo, and like it was just such a good payoff. Yeah, for them teaming up. Yeah, for the previous for the previous episode where they teamed up, I was not expecting. No, me neither. Clone Wars doesn't usually do that kind of continuity. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to the rest of this season because I hope they do more of that. I feel like this season will be like I I was trying to evaluate this morning whether or not this season is going to be something that can we say. Look, if you're going to watch Clone Wars, watch season five of Clone Wars. Maybe. And maybe we can pull maybe. out a couple of important episodes to set this up. But well, I think we were even in our, we were saying in our starter pack, like this, this little arc stands alone. Yeah. And you don't need to know anything about any of the other characters. And, uh, you know, one of the things I thought was really interesting. So for us, it's almost like a flashback, right? Because we didn't watch Clone Wars in 2012. So we knew Saw Gerrera was from Clone Wars, but we hadn't seen him. So it wasn't like, oh, Saw Gerrera's back. Cool. Mm. It was like, oh, a new character who then we're going to look at his backstory. So one of the things that I was struck by watching these episodes is right at the beginning where they introduce him. He's really hot. He is really hot, yes. (laughs) But what I was going to say was that his introduction is very... um, 
yeah, dramatic. I want to talk about this his, too. His introduction is very significant. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of those classic, like, they follow his ship, and it's like they hold the camera on him when he shows up for the first time. And you get the impression right away, this is an important man. This is an important character. Absolutely. Uh, a significant character. And they they hold on him a lot. Like, here's Saw Gerrera. But when this, sh- when this show came out, of course, it was just, here's the leader of these rebels. Like, this guy named Saw Gerrera. Like, he wasn't his legacy was not what it is now. No, but you also got to keep in mind they had like nine seasons of Clone Wars planned. Right. So may- maybe he would have been. Yeah. Um, I think the thing that struck me the most was that I think we were talking about this morning before mm-hmm. the podcast was that I thought Saw's introduction would have been more like he starts off as an idealist mm-hmm. and becomes a radical. Um, but he's a radical from the beginning. Yeah, he's a very consistent character. And the the only thing that balances him out is his like also hot sister, mm-hmm. Stila Guerrera, and mm-hmm. um, she's an amazing character. Yeah, they're both amazing characters, and like I I was just really impressed with how much they made me like these characters mm-hmm. in so few episodes. Clone Wars is not usually good at that. No. Um, uh, even Lux, like I, I really liked the the little love triangle, like love quadrangle. Yeah, yeah. Like it was very subtle. Yeah. And interesting. Like Ahsoka kind of had is kind of has a thing for Lux, and Lux has a thing for Stila. And Ahsoka. And Ahsoka. Um, he's he's got a thing for both of them, and Stila and Ahsoka are kind of jealous. Yeah. Um, and kind of don't like each other, but then also grow to really like each other and respect mm-hmm. each other, and then Saw doesn't like doesn't like Lux yeah. because Lux is, is all over his sister. Yeah. And something that I didn't notice when I, like, because I knew that Stila and Saw were brother and sister. Yeah. She doesn't reveal that until like episode, th- like the end of episode two. Oh, really? Where she becomes the leader of the rebel group and Saw oh. storms off and they're like, you don't have to go after him. And she's like, look, I do. He's my brother. And then later, oh. and I, I feel like that, was when that was established. Like that was a reveal? Yeah. Right. That, that was a reveal. So we might have thought before that that Saw was a romantic rival yeah. with with Lux. Right. But he's actually just like, ugh, this guy is... Awful. Weird with my sister. And um, so he kind of... I'm finding that I'm actually coming around to like Lux Bonteri. Yeah, I liked him too. Yeah. And you know what I also thought was interesting was how consistent his character was from Inferno Squad. I know that, and that's the yeah. This this would be a great thing to watch before you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really felt like a continuation of Inferno Squad because it was like their band of rebels really feels like the band of rebels yes. in Inferno Squad, which is also was originally led by Saw Gerrera. Yeah, it, it's very consistent, um, and I don't. Yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Um, this is surprisingly connected to... It's, like, obviously connected to Rogue One. Absolutely. But surprisingly connected to Battlefront. Um, it's Yeah, it's all very interestingly connected. Yeah. I also just, like... This is kind of a minor note, but I, I appreciate the world building of Vontron. Um, they managed to make it a combination of multiple different cultures without making it weirdly racist. Yeah. Um, it also, like, the, the whole thing was tied together by this, like, dino planet thing. Mm, mm-hmm. You know, they had, like, pterodons they were flying yeah. on. It was, like, um, it didn't really resemble any alien planet, but it kind of, um, it was cool to see another human civilization. Yeah. That didn't just 
wasn't just aping an existing one. Yeah. Like, there was sort of some hints of, like, Egyptian kind of mm-hmm. stuff, but, like, not specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought it was a really cool planet. I don't know. Yeah, it was... For, and, for Clone Wars. Yeah. Which is usually yes. the worst. And they also have a lot of really interesting uh, political commentary. It's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Um, it's got a lot of interesting parallels. It's got a lot of really interesting... Um, commentary on the rebellion itself, like later, um, like we know, of course, that it's foreshadowing, uh, yeah, yeah, the rebel alliance, yeah, yeah the rebellion and, and the way the Jedi feel uncomfortable about the rebellion on Onderon. And I was thinking about Obi Wan in the room when they were talking about the rebellion. I was thinking about Obi Wan then sort of being a part of the rebel alliance later, um, and, yeah. and how. Um, Anakin, of course, this has been talked about a lot with this arc, is Anakin teaching Saul Guerrera how to rebel, which will later be against him. Oh, yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. You know, so there's, like, a lot of really interesting... And I I really liked the way that... um, I think it's Saw says at one point, he says, uh, resistance is not terrorism. Yeah. um, Which is more relevant than ever uh, right now. Definitely. Um, in this part of the world, anyway. But um, it was, yeah, there were a lot of cool little moments like that foreshadowing later in the Star Wars universe. I I mean, I don't know this. I'm I'm wondering, do we see any more of Saw in Clone Wars? I don't think so. I don't think we do either. But I'm, I was just thinking about that. And it's then now, it's it'll be cool. We know he's in season four of Rebels. Yeah. Again. Um, and we had, uh, of course, that moment in season three of Rebels when we have that arc with him. We have um, Ezra finds the hollow that he has of Stila. Um, and he's oh, like, oh, who yeah, is that? Right. And he's like, that's my sister. Like, you know, we see, of course, we see her die and him feel responsible for it. Um, yeah, this these series of episodes really, I think, would have been interesting to have watched before Rogue One, bef- mm-hmm. before a lot of the Rogue yeah. One books. Yeah. Um, I I also liked how Ahsoka was ill-equipped to deal, deal with jealousy. She was like, whoa, I'm feeling feelings that I don't understand. The thing I really liked about that whole situation was that, yeah, she she, she didn't know how to deal with it. But mm-hmm. I, I liked that it didn't, it didn't um, unfold in a predictable way. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's a common narrative that happens with love triangles, mm-hmm. um, and it didn't really go that. Everybody just kind of figured it out. Yeah. And I, I thought that was pretty cool. And I, there was a really good interplay between her and Anakin when Anakin mm-hmm. saw what was happening, and he's like, look, I get it, mm-hmm. but keep focused. Mm-hmm. You have to be a Jedi first. And she was like, wait, you get it? And he was like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> like, I understand what you're feeling right now but keep it together. And then she was like, okay, okay, I got this. I can keep it together. And she does. Yeah, that was cool. Um, yeah. But that moment between them where they deepened their understanding of each other was really nice. And it also, like, Anakin is more empathetic to that kind of struggle than, like, Obi-Wan would have just been like, let your feelings go, Ahsoka, jeez. And Anakin was like, just make sure your duties come first. You don't have to get rid of the feelings. Just put them aside when you need to. Absolutely. It was a good lesson. All right. I think that's everything I have to talk about Mm -hmm. for this week. Uh, Next week, what are we going to talk about? Um, Oh, we had a topic for next week. Force Friday. Force Friday. That's right. So we don't 
it's still going to be a week before the new books come out. We're, mm-hmm. There's two books that come out next Friday. The Leia book by Claudia Gray and the Phasma book. Um, by Delilah Dawson. By Delilah Dawson. It's been a hard decision, but we're going to, we've decided we're going to read the Leia book. First. First. And we will read Phasma after that. So we will be, we'll be reading the first quarter of that two weeks from now. Mm-hmm. Um, because it comes out on the Friday and we record on Fridays. Yeah. Uh, so next week we won't be reviewing a book. We'll just be talking about Force Friday. Um, probably Clone Wars. Clone Wars. We'll be doing the next, uh, I think, four episodes of Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of four-episode four arcs in this season. Um, so we're going to watch the next arc of Clone Wars, which is the one with David Tennant. Nice. Um, where the younglings build lightsabers. Love it. Um, I think this is the one that won an Oscar. Oh, or a, the TV Oscars. Whatever you call them. Yep. One of those TV and awards. I mean- I think David Tennant won an award for this episode. Cool. Uh, yeah, so we're going to watch those, and uh, which is set on Ilum. Right. Um, and I actually want to talk a little bit about Ilum next week, too, because cool. there's been some interesting lore developments about Ilum, which we'll save for next week. Okay. Looking forward to it. Okay. So anything else for next week? No, that's about it. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. It was a good week. Nobody died. If you'd like to find more stuff about Star Wars from me and Jamie, you can check out our website at imperialhearts.com or tweet at us at imperial underscore hearts. If you'd like to help support the show, you can rate or review us on iTunes or you can contribute to our Patreon at patreon.com slash imperialhearts. Special thanks to patrons Ryan and Zach for helping us meet our first funding goals. The music used in this podcast is clips from the song Barbarian by Pierre Lowe. This podcast is not endorsed in any way by the Disney Company or Lucasfilm Limited. It is intended for entertainment purposes only, and all Star Wars people, names, and places, and anything else, is copyright of Disney and their respective copyright and trademark holders. The ship of the week is Saw Gerrera and Lux Bonteri. Think about it. Welcome to episode 73 of Imperial Hearts. Imperial Hearts is a Star Wars podcast where we talk about Star Wars games, books, reviews, and stuff like that. I'm your host, Dana, and Jamie's still on vacation. She was supposed to be back this week, but she's not, so we're going to do the podcast by ourselves this week. So this week, we're going to be reviewing... Star War- top five Star Wars fruit snacks that I was able to find this week, and the top ten Wikipedia articles that 
I had time to read this week since Jamie's been gone. So I hope that you'll tune in and uh, enjoy this discussion that we're going to have. Okay, so to start off the talk brief enough that I would recommend.